Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Noah Ring. Noah Ring is the youngest syndicated radio host in the nation. Good morning. We're starting a little bit early this morning. We're starting a little bit early. Uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Obviously, I've been off the last two days because of some stuff that I will be announcing here momentarily. But we have a lot to talk to today. I mean, AOC is the gift that keeps on giving. We got to talk about California. Uh, We got to talk about a lot, a lot of stuff. Apparently, people think Anthony Fauci is a very good looking person. Uh, But first and foremost, if you will be in Athens, Georgia this Friday, I will be speaking at a rally. Um, It's an anti-mask mandate rally at, I'll give you those. I'll give you the address tomorrow. I don't know necessarily the address, but let's let's start off with the big news that just happened over in the night. Um, as you guys know, for the last couple of months, Gavin Newsom has been facing a recall petition, and it finally made it to where it was recallable. Uh, well, it appears California Gover- Governor Gavin Newsom will be stay the governor for at least uh, at least another year or so. He uh, this is uh, via the AP, so. He somehow, I guess it kind of goes like this. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Apparently, people in California, the majority of them, think that their country or state, rather, is going in a very good direction. I don't know how. My buddy Will Chamberlain had a good tweet about this. Let me, let me figure, let me find this tweet for you real quick. Uh, hold on. I got to find that. I should have, listen. It said, today California voters decided that there was not enough defecation happening on city sidewalks and they wanted more, much more. Time for Republican voters in California to move. Lots of better states. Better places? Texas, Idaho, Florida, North Carolina, West Virginia, among others. Seriously, what are you waiting for? If you couldn't win an off year election against a guy who went to the French laundry mid-lockdown, you'll never win anything ever. Yeah. See, 
I was one of those people who I've been saying for a while, look, I wanted Larry Elder to win because then I could have take some took some of his media hours on the radio. But I was one of those people who said, look, the vast, the vast majority of people moving out are Republicans. And this is a state that's 65, 35, roughly. And the vast majority of people moving out are Republicans. So it's probably moving closer to 70, 30 because of those people moving out. But nonetheless, the AP says California Governor Gavin Newsom on Tuesday emphatically defeated a recall aimed at kicking him out of office early, a contest the Democrat framed as part of the national battle for his party's values in the face of the COVID coronavirus pandemic and continued th- threats from, quote, Trumpism. Newsom bolted to a quick victory boosted by healthy turnout in the overwhelmingly Democratic state. He cast it as a win for his handling of the pandemic and liberal issues, and it ensures the nation's most populous state will remain in Democratic control. He cast it, oh, sorry. This is, I can't believe you did that. No, it is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Newsom said, I want to focus on what we have said yes to as a state. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending this pandemic. With an estimated two-thirds of ballots counted no on the question of whether to recall, Newsom was ahead by a 30-point margin. That lead, blah, blah, blah. Republican talk show host Larry Elder almost certainly would have replaced Newsom had the recall succeeded, an outcome that would have brought a polar opposite political world to the view of Sacramento. I mean, seriously, guys, this is, I can't believe, personally, I cannot believe that he won. Because why would you vote for Gavin Newsom, the guy who spends more money trying to make sure that his hair looks good than he spends, than probably the average person in California makes a year? I'm not kidding. That guy uses more hair gel than anybody I've ever seen. And it's it's just, it, it's wild to me. It really is. I mean, I guess, I guess what, what I'm saying is, if you ever want to, I don't know, become a tyrant, be a Democrat. Be a Democrat. That's all you have to do. All you have to do is be a Democrat. Because California has not gone gotten any better these last couple of years but all you have to do is be a multi-billion dollar democrat so i guess we really there's nothing really to talk about that there's no policy you know there's no republicans if you can't if we can't win this off-year election in california we ain't winning nothing we ain't winning a thing so let's get into this about AOC. Now, AOC, everyone's favorite congresswoman, she went to the Met Gala, which I don't know if you know. I have no idea. I've never been to the Met Gala. They don't invite me to those things, but I guess it cost $35,000 a ticket. And I didn't know that it cost that much, but it cost $35,000 a ticket. And she was wearing a, sh- a, a, words are hard. She was wearing a dress, rather, that cost, I'm not even sure how much the dress cost, probably a couple thousand. And she, because of that dress, she wore that dress, pictures were taken, and the dress said tax the rich. Now, I hope that you know that she is the rich. My buddy, my buddy pointed this out. Give me one second. 
My buddy pointed this out yesterday. And I'm going to pull up the clip in just a second. But she is... So the guy... She makes way more than the average person. She does. She's a congresswoman. Does anybody else remember her abuela? How Trump was orange man, bad man, because her abuela wasn't doing well while she was making $174,000 a year? I remember that. Personally, I remember that. Um, so let me pull up this video for you. It's from my buddy Logan. He laid it out perfectly. We'll react to it in just a second. One second. All right. Fine. Here it is. To speak to an issue. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would allow me just 60 seconds to speak to an issue, this issue, um, AOC, I'm not the brightest light bulb in the light bulb drawer, and you're not either. Um, you're going to wear a dress to the Met Gala that says Tax the Rich. I don't know what the hell a Met Gala is, but from my quick research I did, um, you have to pay $35,000 a ticket to go to the Met Gala. Um, AOC, the average real median income for an individual in the United States in 2019 was $35,977. You make $174,000 a year as a member of Congress. You are the rich. What the hell? I don't understand what the hell you're talking about, tax the rich. You are the rich. What? What? I don't understand. So I don't know what kind of ass backwards virtue signaling you're trying to do in your designer dress that says tax the rich, but you need to stop. Ladies and gentlemen. So that was my buddy Logan. He is by far probably the funniest person that I know. By far, probably the funniest person that I know. Uh, Dave Portnoy, the CEO, uh, no, sorry, the owner, he's not the CEO of Barstool Sports, put out, quote, tax the rich. But first, I'm going to go have the time of my life partying with them all at the most extravagant, over-the-top party of the year that is essentially a celebration of richness. Now, here's another video of people talking about uh, different Dresses and such at Met Gala. Best guests at the Met Gala. Of course, we have to start with AOC. She wore this dress that says, tax the rich. Oh my God, she's so edgy and cool. Bestie, you're at the Met Gala. You are the rich. This just looks like a pad, but at least the feminist message is coming across. She is like the least patriotic person in the country, and she took the theme way too literally. I think someone forgot. So the second person, no idea who this lady is. Uh, she's wearing something that says... Peg the patriarchy, and for those of you who don't know what pegging is, for those of you who don't know what pegging is, it's when, uh, oh, Ben Shapiro described this perfectly, it's when uh, the female in the relationship takes the more aggressive, if you say, role um, in, in, in the sexual intercourse. Um yeah, this girl's wearing a, a peg the patriarchy because, get it, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, peg starts with a P, patriarchy, which is obviously holding down these women who can afford $35,000 per pop tickets. So it's funny, guys. It's supposed to be funny. At least the feminist message is coming across. She is like the least. And then Megan Rapinoe, everyone's favorite soccer player, has a basically red, white, and blue-ish dress, or... Uh, it's more of a pantsuit out here dressing like Hillary Clinton, Megan. 
And her purse says, in gay we trust. Get it? Because instead of in God we trust, because we trust in God, because we're a religious country, we have something that says, in gay we trust. That's funny. That's that's high quality humor right there. Guys, I can't make this up. That's high quality humor right there. What? What is going on? If you want to email me anything, uh, email me noah at noahring.org, noah at noahring.org. What is going on, guys? What is going on? I've never been invited to the Met Gala, and I have this sneaking suspicion I'll never be invited to the Met Gala. So yesterday, I think I'm going to start doing this. I, I put on my Facebook, Twitter, all those, what should I talk about on my show tomorrow? Because this is not just my show. This is our show. Uh, Jason Taylor goes, how on earth are we going to reverse the damage of unlawfully entered illegals? And how do we stop this despite the incompetence of the Dems? My personal opinion, it starts with winning those. Uh, it starts with winning those southern states. It starts with winning those states uh, like Texas, like New Mexico, like. Sorry, like Texas, like New Mexico like uh, Arizona, California, which won't do, but it starts with with winning those, getting some sort of border wall, kind of the way Texas Texas Governor Greg Abbott's doing, and starting there. Now, about the ones who are already here, that's when stuff starts to get interesting. Um, you know, first and foremost, I think we need to build the wall. You know, Trump, Pence, build that fence. That, that was my motto for the last four years during uh, under the Trump and Pence administration. But we need to somehow find a way to build the wall, uh, and we need to find out a way to deal with the people here. I don't think they should get blanket amnesty because that never works. However, is it probable that we'll deport 22 million illegal aliens? I don't think so. I think we should. I, I think we should put a real search on finding these illegal aliens. Right. And we should do, we should do, you know, we should look into their background since they've been here and we should say, Hey, uh, since you've been here, you have done X, Y, Z, therefore you have to go. Or you have, you know, you've, you know, uh, driven without a license. You have ran, you know, stop. You've, you've been convicted of assault. Like you should go and you should go. And after we build the wall, you can't get back in. But on the flip side, we should sit there and we should say, Hey, You've been here for 15 years. You've had a job, sure, under the table, but you've had a job. You overstayed a visa. Maybe we don't send you back to wherever. Maybe. But the problem with that is, the problem with me thinking like that is that's not how the Democrats would play. The Democrats will not make that compromise. And this is why I'm not for amnesty. A lot of Republicans have said to me, hey, you know, are we going to get amnesty in these next four years? I really hope not. Because if you ever recall anything, I mean, going... First step back to Reagan. I'll sign amnesty, but I'll, it'll never happen again. We'll never do it again. Will that happen again? So until we have something that really says you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't come back in. Then no. We, we got to find a way to, to deal with how they're getting here, and then we have to deal with the ones who are here. So let's talk about everyone's favorite general of the joint, or, or chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Benedict Arnold. Uh, so, 
Sorry, I meant I meant John. I meant Millie. They're 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 the same person. Millie Millie's alleged secret calls to China are just another reason Americans believe the system is rigged. This is via Inez Stepman at the Federalist. The Washington Post published extremely serious allegations against the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. Yesterday, although the course the paper tried to make the centerpiece the story of the former president. Oh, first off, can we give give some claps out to, to the Washington Post? They they've actually been doing some real journalism here the last couple of months. It says, fearful of Donald Trump's actions in his final weeks as president, the United States' top military officer twice called his Chinese counterpart to assure him the nation would not go to war. A senior defense official said Tuesday after the conversations were described in excerpts from a, forth, from a forthcoming book, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, told General Li Cheng of the People's Liberation Army that the United States would not strike. One call took place October 30th, 2020, four days before the election that defeated Trump. The second call was on January 8th, 2021 just two days after the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by supporters of the outrage, outgoing chief executive. Milley went so far as to promise Lee that he would warn his counterpart in the event of a U.S. attack, according to the book Peril, written by Washington Post journalists Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. The truth, the story. Can you guys think about that? Hey, hey, listen. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and rob his house? And uh, don't worry, I'll give you a call. I'll give you a call five minutes before cops are there so you can get out. Don't worry. Yeah, I know you're the enemy, China. You, I know you're the enemy, but go ahead, go ahead and do what you, you know, go ahead and do what you want to do. And if we call the cops, I'll give you, I'll give you five, ten minute head start. That's effectively what he just said. He effectively just said that no matter what, you can do whatever you want, China. I'll give you a head start before before the the the, the cavalry comes in. I'll give you a head start before we attack you. That's the problem. China is our enemy. Make no mistake about it. China is our enemy. And I have a special clip to play. This this is what I hear every time General Mark Milley talks. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. That's exactly what he says. He's kind of retarded. Let's keep reading. The story here, however, is not Trump. No matter how much the corrupt corporate media would have it be so. The story is that a military leader defied civilian control over the direction of the American foreign policy and did so through secret talks with our chief adversary on the global stage. Under every president, we hear about blank derangement syndrome. There was Bush derangement syndrome and Obama derangement syndrome, but only Trump derangement syndrome seems to have led the ostensible upholders of norms and democracy to treat as no big deal actual violation of democracy's most sacred norms in the service of thwarting Donald Trump. Civilian control over the military is not to be jetsoned when you disagree with people's with the people's choice. Generals playing politics at the highest level of the military is a game as old as the country, but secretly speaking with Americans' foreign enemies to defy the policy decisions of the elected leader of the United States crosses a line, a bright red one, with all the blabber about norms. Here is the one truth that matters. The American people deserve to know the content of those phone calls. If this reporting is true, and it must be taken with a grain of salt given Bob Woodward's track record, General Milley must be fired, and depending on the content of the calls, may even be justly prosecuted. Under the guise of, quote, saving democracy from Trump, our media, intelligence service, government bureaucrats, and corporate overlords have kamikaze faith in every one of the institutions keeping America the stable democracy it has blessedly remained for over 200 years. Millions of Americans feel the system is so rigged that they despair of anyone in our ruling elite being held responsible for any action, no matter how obvious over the line. 
Let us hope that in the case of General Mark Milley and his alleged flaunting of the bedrock principles, not only of the American system, but any non-banana republic, those Americans are wrong. Yeah, he's not going to ever see. Here's the thing, okay? I don't, I don't know if Mark Milley is a Democrat. I don't know if Mark Milley, you know, I, I'm assuming he's not necessarily some... I, I don't know necessarily that he is, you know, a socialist. Could be. Very well could be. But I don't think he is. I do think he likes power. And I think that for the first time in American history, for the most part, probably until Eisenhower, the president took a direct role in foreign policy uh, in terms of you can do this, you can do that. No, we're not going to do this. No, we're not going to do that. And because of that, Milley felt like he was challenged, but here's what's going to happen. The DOJ is never going to prosecute Milley. Never going to prosecute Mark Milley. Never going to happen. In fact, if it happens, I will give one of you, I don't even know, name what you want. I will get one of you $1,000 because it's never going to happen. You know, let's look at Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci, who we'll get to in a little bit of, in a minute, he lied before Congress. James Clapper lied before Congress, saying that the NSA doesn't collect uh, data on Americans. Well, we found out that wasn't true. Democrats lie before Congress all the time. It's it's okay. I guess I guess the problem is we don't read the law. In the Perjury Act, or I guess that's what it's called, in the law that says you can't lie before Congress, you know, it specifically says you can't lie before Congress unless your lie helps a sitting Democratic president. That's what the law truly says. Because if not, why are these people not being arrested? Why are these people not being arrested? Look, I'm not necessarily, I'm not always for people getting arrested for stuff, right? But you and I both know if Trump wouldn't have pardoned him, they'd have put Mike Flynn in jail and threw away the key. They would have put Roger Stone in jail and threw away the key. We on the right have tried to be the nice people for way too long. We've tried to be the people who, no matter what, we try to be on the right side of history. You know, we don't we don't want the optics to be bad. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The other side doesn't care. The other side decides that they have they have no care in the world whether or not you whether or not we are in jail, we're allowed to exist. They they don't care. So why should we care? Whenever we whenever eventually Republicans take power, which will happen again eventually. We need to investigate Mark Milley. We need to invest at that point. Anthony Fauci will, will probably be dead. That man's eighty-five years old. That's what we need to do, because unfortunately, nobody on the left's going to do it. Obviously, for obvious reasons. Actually, you know they might. Let's get into it. Senator, uh, hold on. Top Dem senator threatens to subpoena Defense Secretary Austin for refusing to appear before Congress. Democratic Senator Robert Menendez, who has his own problems, you look that up, he's, he might, he probably should be, whatever. Ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee 
warned Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin that he may issue a subpoena demanding his testimony after the Pentagon chief refused to attend a congressional hearing. I am very disappointed that Secretary Austin declined our request to testify today. A full accounting of the U.S. response to this crisis is not complete without the Pentagon, especially when it comes to the complete collapse of the U.S. trained and funded Afghan military. Austin was asked to testify during Thursday, during Tuesday's committee hearing on the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan alongside Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. The Democratic lawmaker added in his statement that Austin's obscene absence will, quote, affect my personal judgment on the Department of Defense nominees. I expect the secretary will avail to the committee in the near future, and if he does not, I may consider the use of committee subpoena power to compel him and others over the course of these last 20 years to testify. Since the botched military depart departure and subsequent evacuation from Afghanistan, which resulted in over a dozen American soldier fatalities and hundreds of Afghan fatalities, Menendez has decried the to has decried the defense and State Department leaders responsible for overseeing it, including Blinken and Austin. Menendez called the chaotic operation, quote, clearly and fatally flawed. Not anticipating the rapid collapse of, of the Afghan regime and the army, the U.S. rushed over the course of two weeks to airlift hundreds of thousands of American citizens, SIV applicants, refugees, and blah, blah, blah. The real story here is maybe not all Democrats are bad. Maybe be, maybe not all Democrats are bad. Because Robert Menendez is as liberal as they come. He's the senator from New Jersey. Now, keep in mind. Keep in mind. I got, I got a big announcement coming on at the start of the second hour, so you have to stay tuned. Keep in mind, he's from New Jersey, so he is not anyway conservative. But I think that there's a tide in this country. That is starting to turn. I think people are starting to realize. Hey wait a, wait a minute. Hold on. We might not want to die on the hill for Joe Biden. You're starting to see senators left and right. Start to kind of distance themselves. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw Vi Vice President Harris. Other than the 9-11 tribute. And campaigning for Newsom. She has not talked publicly about Afghanistan yet. I wonder why. Could she potentially, could they potentially be planning her her takeover? Potentially. Potentially. We have a few more minutes before we got to go to the break. On the other side of the break, jo uh, Josh will be joining us, GOP Josh, a uh, 14, 15-year-old political commentator from Ohio. Also, also, to, I, am, I am live in Ohio right now. Uh, I have... I don't want to necessarily jinx it, per se. However, Jane Timken has all but confirmed for the show. Now, I don't know when, unless they emailed me while I was sleeping. I don't know necessarily when, but she has emailed saying that she would love to come on the show. And with that being said, if Jane Timken, who is running for the U.S. Senate, in Ohio would like to come on the show. She's more than welcome. I have, I kind of have a rule that if certain people want to come on the show, they'll be allowed on the show. Any sitting member of Congress, obviously any sitting president and anybody running a serious campaign for us Senate or us Congress, pretty much are guaranteed for the most part, governors, they pretty much have, they can come on whenever they want for the most part. 
you know, unless it doesn't work out, but I will almost do it, anything it takes to be able to get them on because that's important. It's important for my listeners to hear from Jane Timken because Jane Timken could be somebody who in a couple of years serves in the U.S. Senate. I know a lot of people in this realm who only have on people who they like or who they want to win. That'll never be me. Now, if there's a candidate out there and he or she is just, I think, purely just saying you know, Fox News, Daily Wire talking points and is trying to use X, Y, and Z to get um, elected, yeah, I'm not going to have them on. But for the most part, if you're listening, you want me to... Uh, there was a person who DM'd me a couple of uh, months ago now, I guess, and said, hey, you know, we should get, you know, this candidate I'm working for on. I said, sure. And he was on in like two days. I got a question to pose uh, right before we go to the break here in about three minutes. I got a question to pose. I'm sorry, we're going to break here in like literally like 30 seconds. Uh, do you think, question of the day, do you think Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Do you personally think that? Even if you're not listening uh, live, go ahead and tweet it at me at the Noah Ring. T- you know, send it to me on Facebook at the Noah Ring. Uh, email it to me, Noah at NoahRing.com.org. Sorry, Noah at NoahRing.org. And we'll be right back after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 